You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, Shannon, it's good to see you. It's great to see you. Can you believe that it's March already? <laughs> no, I can't. Like 2017 <laughs> is flying by. You got to stop. We do that all the time, don't we? Don't we always say, man, where is the time going? Where is blah, blah. I think that means we're old. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just you. Um, what? Did I say that out loud? No way would I ever. Well, thank you for joining us Sexy Marriage Radio again. Uh, this is Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge, where we're having honest conversations about married life, sex, love, intimacy, the lack thereof, the struggle therein. Can I, what other kind of statements the, can I put together? With yeah, this? the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs, no pun intended. Yes, there's a pun but intended yeah. every time you say that way. Um, <laughs> but we are really glad that people take the time out of their day each week to spend mm -hmm. it with us. And we're also mm -hmm. glad... When people send us emails and give us comments and give us questions and give us thoughts, and most of those come through feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, but some Which of them I also love reading at the end of every day. It's that is so very cool, cool. To, to read people's hearts, like they really share their hearts with us. Yep, and that's very cool. And then the other thing that people can do is they can jump on iTunes and they can give us comments and reviews. And one of these just came through a couple of weeks ago. And I love it because this is somebody that's gone through and, and done a little research, it sounds like, because their statement, as far as they've gone back into the archives of Sexy oh. Marriage Radio, which, by the way, I just ran a post on Simple Marriage of the best of. I saw that for and, the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy listeners. They yep. got a special little list. Yep. And so it's, but it's also at simplemarriage.net. So it's to all my blog readers. Of, here's, okay. hey, in case you've missed some of the top tens, here's some places to start. And, but this one talks about, it says, Corey, Gina, and Shannon are my new best friends. My wife and I have been married 35 years, and you guys have somehow gotten into our heads, our lives, and our past history. I mean, how cool is that? that We've read their mail. We've been no. a fly on the wall of their marriage. Um, that's creepy. Uh, I found your show <laughs> a few weeks ago and have an absolute been on a binge listening. You know, just He's like on a bender of, of uh -huh. listening to everything. Your show has enlightened me to examine myself and the meaning I place on my marriage. Thank you so much. Please keep up, keep up the good work and help for so many of us out there. That's awesome. It you is. Know what, Corey, speaking of flies that I just mentioned a, a second ago, I heard a really interesting saying at my last Women at the Well workshop. Somebody said marriage is like flies on a windowpane. Those that are out want to get in and those that are in want to get out. And I just thought, okay, it's kind of <laughs> sad how true that can be. Uh -huh. But I hope that this show really inspires those that are in to stay in. Yes. And I hope that it also does encourage the single people who listen, because I do know that a lot of single people listen, yep. that they would be inspired that it is worth aspiring to marriage. It really is. It really is. And to that note, on the idea of being a recent listener, to the show, we have a listener joining us 
today for the episode. I don't know if you knew that, Shannon, but but I we, totally but we do. Knew okay, that. yeah, I, you... I've been waiting with bated breath. <laughs> and what I love is that it was a woman who stepped forward first to be the trailblazer. Uh, oh well, there you <laughs> so I'm go. I'm challenging the men to step up to the plate as well. I know that we have had several applications for men too. Right, and so this is this is a listener that filled out the form that we have at sexymarriageradio.com that says ask your oh. questions and then. It's an easy way for us to get a, a little bit more of the detail of what's going on, but then it's also a way to say, hey, here's what's going on, and I would love to take advantage of being on the air because I get to steal time with Corey and Shannon just for it's myself. It's not stealing. It's well, not st- you can't steal what's being granted freely. It depends, right? on how you, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I can see it as I'm – because I, I steal time with Pam – all the time. And I know lots of yeah. times that maybe she's giving it up freely, but I still think of it as my job is to steal it. You create the tension, right. which is part of what we're going to talk about today. That's perfect. And so um, I have to say and welcome to our show. Lauren has joined us on the air. So Lauren, say hello to all of our listeners. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your courage and your confidence in us to unpack some of the things that you're bringing to the table in the season of your marriage. Absolutely. Feels like it's been the whole season of my marriage. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, speaking of seasons of marriage, Lauren comes to us having been married a total of nine years and they have two little children and she is in her very early thirties. And um, yeah, Corey, you want to kind of hit the highlights of the the main issue that Lauren brings to the table? Yeah. So on the form, and then Lauren, I'm going to have you fill in the details of this as we kind of mm-hmm. just start uh, wading into this uh, for the next several minutes. Uh, so on the form, one of the questions we have is describe the issue in 10 words or less. And so Lauren p- filled it out as, I feel completely not interested in my perfect husband. No desire or attraction. I feel I have to fake it. And that's, I think you probably put a voice to a lot of our listeners. Exactly. <laughs> With this, actually, Lauren. And that's part of the reason why, hey, we want you, since you were willing, let's unpack this more. And so how would you define how you describe the 10 words or less? What else do you need to add to it? Well, I just, um, you know, when we first met and were dating, we dated for about a year before we got married. And we knew very early on that, uh, that we wanted to be married. We had both been waiting for the right person. And um, it was very passionate and exciting. And I, was, I just was an, in adoration of him and adored him. And, and um Ever since our marriage, it's just, I mean, we've had issues, you know, I had some health issues at the beginning, we had kids, things like that, but I just, I don't have what I hear you guys say called sexual tension, like, um, if I suspect he's going to ask about it, I'm like, oh my God, he's going to ask, I know he's going to ask, and I'm going to hate it, I'm not going to want to do it, and I just don't have a sex drive. And that's hard because I was very promiscuous before I met him. Okay. And I felt like I had a major sex drive. Um, So it's been hard because I feel guilty. You know, he was a virgin when we met. So he's only been with me. And I am so grateful to the Lord for that. I, I don't feel I have to be concerned about his faithfulness. 
but for me to know he knows my past and then I'm not interested in having sex with him, that's hard, you know? So. And so what, it sounds like there is tension there, but it's negative tension instead of positive attention. Is that how uh, you would describe it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I know that Corey and I have very different approaches. So I'm just going to go ahead and start firing some questions. And then Corey, by all means, you do the same. I want to know who were the main role models in your life when it comes to marriage? What What was your impression of marriage growing up? Oh, did I get a giggle out of that question? Yeah. <laughs> did I touch oh, on the nerve my there? <laughs> my mom and dad, and um, they were not I even tell my sister when I talk to her, she's looking to get married. I'm like, honey, they're not the best role model. You got to learn about some other things, you know? And um, one thing I think of a lot, cause I, I try to dig deep. I try and find out what is the reason I'm feeling this way, what, you know? And I, I try to reflect on so many things. And one thing that really sticks out to me that I've tried to do healing on. And so I'm not sure if it's the main issue, but like I would hear my mom and dad have sex as a child because my room was next to theirs and it freaked me out. Hmm. And my mom would find me at the other end of the house, just crying afterwards. And she'd just try and comfort me. And, um, it just traumatized me. I, I just did not like that. And they fought a lot. So I was going to say, my... did your parents get along outside the bedroom or only inside the bedroom? Is that was, is, is that part of no. what was traumatizing to you is that they weren't loving outside the bedroom. So what they were doing in there sounded very, foreign you're right I felt like he was hurting her you know mm, wow okay a very old wound how do you remember how old you were when you first recall that feeling well it was any time before sixth grade because I I know that we moved when I was in sixth grade and then you know I don't recall much of that anymore okay so. So your impression first of marriage was that there was a lot of negative tension and your impression of sex within marriage was that it was abusive because surely he was hurting her. Surely she wouldn't be agreeing to do this with him based on how you saw them interact outside of the bedroom. Is that a correct assessment? I would guess so. Yeah. I mean, I kind of block a lot of my childhood out. I don't really have a lot of memories, but yeah, I would say I, I would I would say I probably felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely a memory that's worth inviting up out of your basement because it tells a, t- tells a lot, I think. Okay. So Corey, I'll let you kind of piggyback onto that with, you know, other questions that you've well, had. No, I, at address. this, at this point, Shannon, keep going. Um, okay. because I think, right. I think you're in an area that's your wheelhouse and okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So Lauren, do you remember the feelings that it elicited in you? What primary feelings? Was it anger? Was it sadness? Was it fear? Um, was it shock, disgust? And maybe it was all of the above. Right. I think it was fear. Like I remember to, um, I, I found in their drawer condoms and I had no clue what they were. My mom and dad never sat me down and talked to me about sex mm-hmm. that I can never remember. And it, it gave me that feeling of where your heart just drops. And um, that's how I felt when I would know they were going to have sex. So fear and anxiety, okay. definitely. And are those the same feelings that come up for you when you know that your husband is hopeful that maybe there'll be some sexual interest? I think so, yeah. Okay. So basically you feel like a a traumatized little girl in a grown woman's body with her own children 
wanting or someone wanting to have sex with you and you probably feel the same way about it that you assumed that your mother felt when you were a little girl. Yeah, and what just confuses me is that when I started having sex as a teenager, like there was none of that. And I was, I craved it and longed for it and all that. So is it just because now I'm in an actual marriage as opposed to not married? Because we, we had sex before we got married Mm -hmm. Um, for about six months. Mm -hmm. We started halfway through and it was incredible. And it did not feel like it felt before with past boyfriends. Um, But two weeks before our marriage, we just felt like, okay, you know, maybe we are doing the wrong thing. God surely can't be pleased that we're having sex and we want to please him. So we stopped for two weeks. It was two weeks before our wedding. And of course I wanted to, and I couldn't wait. And we loved each other. But then our wedding night was so weird you know, it's like, okay, well, we're supposed to have sex. And then from then on, that's how it's felt. It's like, okay, well, we're married now. We should just have sex. And it's not organic anymore like it used to be. The, you know? the thrill of the chase just dissolved <sighs> like cotton candy on the tongue. And, yeah. and if you can envision two people doing a dance where you kind of lean back and hold each other's hands and there's tension there and that's what's holding each other up. But you can envision that if that tension disappears, what happens? Those dance partners fall flat on their butt. Mm -hmm. Did you kind of feel like it was just an awkward dance that night? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. And almost every night after that. (laughs) Okay. And I definitely want to explore with you too, if I could, Corey, and I certainly want to, you just give me a sign when you want to chime in. I want to explore the role of guilt and the wet blanket that that is putting on your libido. Um, You have mentioned the word guilty in several different contexts. Are you aware that guilt plays such a huge role in your life? I don't think I really think about it that much. No, it does. It does, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think that it does. Um, I am not trying to rewrite the Bible. I I know full well that the the standard is, you know, sex with inside, you know, inside the boundaries of marriage. But the reality is that even 90% of Christians have sex before marriage. And as a counselor or coach, I've learned to just look at that through a different lens. And that is, if there was enough chemistry to pull you two together in a really magnetic way before you were married, that was actually a good sign because there needs to be that sexual chemistry. So because you've had it before, I have every hope that you can have it again. But you're going to have to, first of all, put guilt in its place Um yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, we can quote those scriptures if there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and I'm a new creation and, and all of that. But I want you to really envision guilt as an intruder that's made its way into your home and has plopped down on your couch. What would you say to that person called guilt just lounging there on your couch like they belong there? Um, what do you think you're doing? You don't belong here. You need to get out. Mm-hmm. I didn't invite you. You're not right. welcome to stay. Uh, you need to knock before you enter. You, you're, you're being rude right now. You're being obtrusive. Yeah. That's what guilt is doing to your sex life. It's knocked on your bedroom door and it's plopped itself down, not just on your couch, but on your marriage bed. And 
and my hope is that you will recognize it as the intruder that it is, and you will believe what the scripture says about how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because you're letting something from your way distant past within your marriage relationship or in your parents' marriage relationship, and then the guilt from your promiscuous years and the guilt mm-hmm. from your relationship with your husband before y'all got married. It's like three different people. You know, it's guilt from different seasons that are just kind of sitting there staring at you in the face. Do you think maybe it's time that you kick them all out and just say, I'm ready for a fresh new start? I'm a grown woman. Yeah. And I can do yeah. what I want to do with my body and it's my own free will. And I'm not being forced to do it. Like I thought my mom was. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Does that create some positive tension for you to kind of maybe even pursue your husband a little and be like, I'm not going to let my life be robbed of this pleasure and this desire that I am entitled to. Do you feel entitled to it? Um, I don't really think about it. I kind of, say, you know, I could live without it my, the rest of my life, or I need to get some female Vicodin <laughs> or not oh, Vicodin. Viagra. What is it? I know that you, I, I want you to know that you are entitled to it. I want you to feel so entitled to it that by golly, you pursue it, but it sounds as hmm. if you're passively waiting for a feeling to overtake you. Yes, I be, am. You're going to be waiting a long time. When you said that you don't even feel like you want to kiss him, you've got to give yourself an opportunity to warm up and not just passively to his advances. I want you to be assertive. Hmm. I, I want you to like shock him at how you're creating this tension that you miss. You miss the tension and that's okay. Go after it, Corey. Yeah. Hmm. So Lauren, my question is, cause you, you're alluding to the idea that you have no desire, Correct. Correct. And that's a biological uh, conclusion because you don't have the, the warm, fuzzy feelings or the urge or the impulses. Is that kind of how you're defining the desire? Right. I mean, I, I, in fact, I feel like I have the opposite. Like even just hearing Shannon talking about me being the aggressor for a quick moment, I thought, wow, I could do that. And then immediately I, I felt the feeling in my heart just drop. Okay. Where I'm like, ooh, but but he'll all of a sudden be like, whoa, what is this? And have that interest. And I I almost feel just turned off by that. Mm. Okay. So if so I, I want to try to at least get a distinction between um, the biological versus the responsive. Because you uh, make the comment of you have to, you feel like sometimes you have to fake it. But is that the entirety of the act or is that just to get it started and then you, lo and behold, are into it at some point? Or, I mean, kind of walk me through a little bit of that on how but, it unfolds. Okay. Um, there are times, like I, I put in there, you know, we ha- we do end up having sex at least once a week. Um, I would say, though, most of it, I'm just like, because we've talked, I'm like, you know, if you're okay with it, we could just do a quickie, get it over with, satisfy you. I'm fine without climaxing so we do that a lot but there are times that I allow myself to open up I guess and I do enjoy it um and I am able it is able to be beautiful that's that's a lot more rare okay have you ever have you ever noticed what leads you to that place where you do open up and blossom (laughs) um uh I have an internal dialogue where um, I'm kind of hesitant because I'm like, oh, that's so 
deep. Um, we're embarrassing a little bit, but I, I kind of imagine like if he's massaging me, I'll imagine that I don't know him. <laughs> he's okay. my massage therapist. Which would and be some, that would have some tension to it. <laughs> it does. <gasps> so I imagine that, um, or I do play in my mind as if we are back where mm-hmm. we've never had sex before. And I'll, I'll say to myself, you're not supposed to. You mm-hmm. haven't done that before. It hasn't happened before. And then as we are starting, it's like there's that excitement. Okay. So when when did I sex when did myself. sex become the turn on when it's taboo or forbidden? When did it? Yep. Because it's it it seems In like my... if you if you go through just what you talked about with Shannon earlier. Yeah. On yeah. hearing hearing it happen was repulsive and fear fear. Right laced but then at some point something awoken in you my hunch would be a little bit of a rebellious i'm going to spread my wings i'm going to venture into Mm -hmm. some unknown and so there hasn't been an assimilation of those two extremes so i'm just curious Um, when did when because that's what i when i was reading through the stuff that you filled out on the form and then listening to you now Everything I mm-hmm. keep coming back to is this is all associated with the chase. This is associated mm-hmm. with the tension Shannon's alluded to. This is associated with, uh, in some contexts, this is okay. But in other contexts, it's I, I have the opposite feeling. I have the opposite reaction. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just a few things maybe I should bring up. Uh, when I was younger, I just um, my girlfriends would want to play house, and so we would playhouse and we were young we, mm-hmm. we hadn't even gone into puberty yet and so we'd kiss and be mom and dad um that was probably where I first had climaxed as I got older okay. was playing that game I guess which um, is very common yep just so you know yeah um and then my I was I had a boyfriend who I really liked and I ended up actually losing my virginity to someone that I didn't even know and didn't even care about, but I wanted to, and it was pathetic. And then I lied about it. I mean, I, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so really sex has always been wrong and never good and pure okay. in my past. Okay. Um, you know who, you know who else had that problem? Eve. She just couldn't be satisfied with the fruit that was granted. She had to crave the forbidden fruit. What you're describing has probably been resident in all women throughout all time in some form or fashion, that you fantasize about the forbidden. Very, very common. And I think that in your fantasies, you're trying to recreate a scenario in order to win this time. That rather than there being all this um, tension and stuff that you saw between your parents outside the bedroom and then weirdness inside of the bedroom, like you want to create something different for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I sense that you feel guilty for the fantasy itself. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. But what if God really did wire your brain in such a way that it compartmentalizes pain by telling itself a certain story so that you can recreate a scenario in order to win this time and make room for pleasure. What if it really was okay to entertain whatever thoughts you need to entertain to feel empowered to be that sexually confident wife that you deserve to be? If you had a permission slip to go there in your mind, if that's what works for you, Mm -hmm. would that make you feel any better? Would that give you more freedom to do that? Yeah, it just would be 
how do I carry that on into the everyday life? Like when we're not in the bedroom trying to have sex to create that desire to kiss and hug. And I, I just, I turn away from him when he comes to hug me. I just, I'm kind of like, Oh, stop. I'm busy, you know, and I don't stop to have him. Yeah. Have you thought of, I'm, I gotta, I gotta jump on this one though, Shannon. Have you yeah, thought of how you can see the, the real time stuff that happens between you as opportunities for you to confront this rather than I've got to be in the right mode to be able to confront it and offer it? No, I haven't thought of that at all. I don't, I never would have uh, okay, cause that's, known what to do. <laughs> well, to me, this, this is, this is the difference. I mean, cause this is stuff Shannon and I talk about a lot. Cause what we've been doing so, thus far on the show is Shannon's wheelhouse. I mean, that's, I don't, I've never sat through a woman at the well. I'm not the right gender to be able to. So, um, but, I wish you could be a fly on the but wall. That, but, that's, but that's my envision of kind of where this would go is let's start really looking at here's how all of this has unfolded and makes sense and what's going on. And now you get to the opportunity mm-hmm. where it's, you, you, you cover it very succinctly on, okay, now how do I do this? And, yeah. and to me, it's a both and. It's a simultaneous thing. You, you take care of it by dealing with, with what's been talked about. But you also take care of it by when you start to see him and read him as he's coming in for a hug. How dare he? You know, I'm so busy. Can't you see what's going on? That how do you catch yourself and say, you know what? I'm a grown woman here. I'm not the little girl. You know what? This is something I can rewire in real time. And it's not that I have to fake it. It's I have to just lean into this even for just a second longer. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden what I've done is taken a tremendous growth step. And my hunch would be is if he is a listener or you've even you alluded to uh, before we were on the air, you guys have had conversations about this. So he's privy to what's going on. He's not some, you know, oblivious <laughs> guy. Just what's wrong? No, I thought not. everything's great. You know, that he knows there's other things that you guys could talk about based on this show. The whole idea of, OK, I can he can be a great catalyst for you because he can then be mm-hmm. solid when you squirm and want to get away and not and and try his job then is to try to not take that as personal but see it as my wife is starting to confront some long ago things in real time with me that's going to be beneficial mm-hmm. for both of us yes and just to kind of put that rubber to the road of what that might look like I sense the, I mean, Lauren, I say this with the utmost of respect and admiration for who you are and, and just the, the fact that you're willing to ask these questions and to explore this side of you. But I sense that like so many other women on the planet, you enjoy, you enjoy being a bad girl sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's that, that there's something very good about being able to embrace your shadow self. And I found it interesting that when you, in the 10 word description, you said you're, you feel completely disinterested in your perfect husband. And then yeah. it's almost <laughs> like, he's so perfect. So I have to be for perfect too. And it's like, no, it, yeah, if what you like is a little tension, if what you like is a little bit of forbidden, if what you like is to be a little bit of a bad girl, when he goes to hug you at that kitchen stove or whatever, what if you just ran the tongue along the edge of his earlobe? What if you just <laughs> what if you just slipped your fingertips just into the waistband of his pants and just whispered, I want more of that tonight, okay? Yeah, look, what if you just gave yourself full permission 
to be the person that you want to be. Yeah. I'd have to really envision doing that and enjoying that. <laughs> That's, well, I mean, doesn't everybody have to envision how they want to be and set goals and challenge themselves and pull themselves yeah, out of yeah. their comfort zone? I think that you are going to find great joy and empowerment in recreating this scenario over and over and over again and winning this time. Not being a victim, not having to shrink back, not letting guilt take up every square inch of your marriage bed, but just step into the fullness of who you are. So you like a little tension. Hooray. So you like a little Mm -hmm. forbidden fantasy. Hooray. What's wrong with that? I'm a Christian (laughs) woman declaring to you that there ain't nothing wrong with that baby. I'm so glad that the story of Adam and Eve is in the Bible front and center in the very early pages so that we can know that, yeah, this is part of being human. And you know what? She had that craving even before the actual fall of man. It comes part and parcel with being human. We are all a combination of light and dark, good and bad, holy, and a little uh, rowdy or whatever, you know, however you want to put it, you can be holy and horny at the same time. Okay. That's the Greek, yeah. by the way. That's that's the, that's the Hebrew <laughs> the and the Greek version. Yes. So, Lauren, I got I got one last thing I want to ask you, okay? Because this this mm-hmm. goes back to um, there's you, you made a comment of alluding to the chase, correct? Yeah. That you don't yeah. feel like there's a chase, or you don't enjoy the chase. Clarify that for me. Right. Okay. So after I wrote to you guys, that was something that just stuck out to me as my husband and I were talking about it. All my past boyfriends, they did not really, I chased them all the time. Like they didn't, I wanted the sex. So there's your I wanted to be with them and they would reject me and I hated it. So I cheat on them and I, you know, and then, but with him, he's, always interested in me if he okay. didn't hear me clearly he'll ask because he wants me to know i'm special he okay. will tell me he loves me over and over and over and do i'm you like you want him to play hard to get i i do i think but there I you go that. wait you <laughs> want wait so you want him to play hard to get or you want to play a little more hard to get i want him to play hard to get i guess you like, like the chase so okay. chase mm-hmm. okay yeah tell so him I need you want to tell him to run. Him to, well, I, I think of it. Yeah. I think of it both sides of this because if you're the low desire, it's kind of counterintuitive to be the chaser if you're the low desire, right? I and I wonder if I'm low desire because it's not. Yep. The See? way I liked it. This is the huge breakthrough Maybe. that so many low desire <laughs> spouses can encounter if they're willing to face their stuff and and why they feel the way they feel. Yep. Yeah. So, so how could you redefine? chase as you see it play out in in your everyday things both with what you do and with what he does is that is that a possible new frontier yeah i think we'd want to sit down and brainstorm and try and find out what that would look like okay some of it i mean bring him in on some of it but not all of it you got to keep some cards Uh to yourself girl yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> because that's, some of yeah. that, some of that's the intrigue. That's the thing I've alluded to. Uh, so you made a comment that you're a, a new listener, but that's what I've alluded to on the show before that my wife for a while had to stop listening because she was getting too much access to my brain and she was reading everything. <laughs> as, <game. laughs> okay. You just want sex when you took the trash out. I can't, you know, and now all of a sudden she was finding resentful. Mm. So there is an element of, we have to have a, a, a cloud of mystery over some of this stuff that we kind of reserve yeah. it to ourselves and we try to see if, 
okay, am I acting in line with who I am and want to become, but I'm also trying to play a good game with my spouse. But you can also create some of that tension and chase via text message. Start early in the day and just start flirting with him via text message. So where by the time he gets home that night, you're create you're you're feeling some of that feelings that you're trying to create. Does that make sense? You're, yeah, you're creating mm-hmm. some of that tension that you want. Yeah. Good for you for recognizing that that's what you want. That's what you need. That's what gets your motor revving. There ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that is fantastic, girl. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. You so, so We've Lauren, yeah, this, this has been mm-hmm. fantastic. Do you got anything last, last little comment you want to make before you start really diving into your chase? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, e- email us and let us know. Would you? Yeah. Give us a follow up. Absolutely. Cause this, this is fun. I hope this has been helpful for you. Hopefully it wasn't as scary as you thought it might be. <laughs> no, it was great. I I love it. Hey Thank Shannon, you Shannon, we're talking to the girl that wants to put the stuff out there and be the chaser. So th- how could That's this be scary true. to her? That's true. Well, I just want our listeners to know that we may bite, but we don't leave teeth marks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us nibble on your problem today, Lauren. I hope that it has been beneficial to you and to everybody else listening to the show. You're welcome. uh, This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. And we will see you next time. We love you for listening.